You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Bottom line is these two guys really like each other. Mackey and Judd. They formed a special brotherhood. They've said, you know what? We can do this better together than apart. On 1500 ESPN. All right, before we get to twin CBO Derek Falvey, Dave Harrigan, let's go back to the update desk. How long until NFL teams can tamper with free agents? How long? We're there? How long? Oh, it's open, baby! Let's go! No more burner phones. The amount of legal tampering is off the charts right now, Dave Harrigan. No more burner flip phones. Nope. You can talk openly. Throw them all away. Uh, Meanwhile, the Twins (laughs) made another signing this weekend. Uh, Derek Falvey is the chief chief baseball officer. Do you want to recklessly speculate on NFL free agency with us or talk about Lance Lynn? I, I'd be I'd be good about the NFL free agency. I, I think that's that's where uh, let's talk about that. That'd be a better outcome. Uh, will Kirk Cousins okay, be allowed? Cousins will, will Kirk Cousins be allowed to throw out the first pitch uh, immediately when he signs with the Vikings? <laughs> well, I, I would imagine who's ever uh, with the Vikings group, uh, they'll be welcome over at Target Field. There's no question. Uh, Lance Lynn, when did did you start to talk to his camp, and uh, when when did it appear that it w- would become a realistic well, option to sign him, Derek? Well, I think uh, at this point, you know, we, we're, we're not uh, at a stage of uh, announcement around anything we've added to our camp, uh, just with respect to process. But, you know, I will tell you that, like, in terms of everything that's gone on with our camp and, you know, the ability to add and with our, with our groups of players that uh, we are, we are very fortunate to have the support of, of Jim Pola and our ownership group to, as we've said all along, when we, when we bring good baseball decisions, ones we feel are impactful to this club for this mm-hmm. year and beyond, uh, he has been supportive of that. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I feel very fortunate that we have that support here in uh, in Minnesota. If there there was to be a big signing to announce in the coming days, Derek, <laughs> when do you think we might hear ab- about a slightly portly pitcher signing with the Twins? <laughs> well, I, again, I, I would tell you that I'm happy to come join you on the on the phone if that were to come to fruition at some point here <laughs> in the future. But uh, you know, it's again, it's just we continue to build out here. We continue to stay involved in opportunities to help augment this club and you know there's a buzz around the clubhouse and, and around our players that we're excited to get this season started what are can you can you tell our audience and us what when you have those discussions with ownership all right whether it was with you darvish or with you know with any free agent logan morrison that you guys signed um is it a, do you present each case directly to ownership or is it more that Jim Polat and company give you kind of a canvas at the beginning of the offseason. What's that relationship like between ownership and front office? Hey, I think, you know, for, with each uh, with each baseball group, I'm sure it's a bit different. But I'll tell you, with ours here, uh, from the get-go, I mean, even going back to when I interviewed for this job, you know, asking about process and, and support, and it was made very clear that you know, baseball decisions are left to us. Now, we, we all work within parameters in whatever job we're in around uh, payroll considerations and otherwise, and that's true of all 30 clubs. That's not just true of the Minnesota Twins. So you know, we're, we're thoughtful about that presentation. We think about how it impacts our future. Um, we, we try and make rational decisions around good baseball moves. Uh, but when we bring those to ownership, 
you know, it's, it's typically met with what's our recommendation and where do we want to go, and they feel very supportive of that. So uh, I have never felt anything but when I bring a good, what I feel is a good baseball recommendation to Jim uh, and to our group that uh, it's been supportive. Uh, Derek Falvey is with us here on Mackie and Judd via the Patriot Realty phone lines. Um, so I, it would seem that teams are, are a little bit more leery of paying big money to players who are in their mid to late 30s. I think it's pretty obvious based on the fact that there's so many free agents available and a lot of guys are around that same age, 30, 31, 32. And if I'm a player and an agent, I'm looking for a long-term contract. If I'm a team, I don't know if I want to pay somebody when they're 37 years old. Length of contract and age, where do you guys stand as an organization? What kind of research have you done? And and how much does length of contract factor in when making these these free agent decisions? Well, I think you are you're identifying exactly you know one of the challenges around team building long term. You know, we we've used the word sustainable a lot, and how do we build the type of organization that can sustain winning? And and ultimately, over the last number of years, I think we as an industry have, have done a lot of work on our research and development departments to to identify when are the when are the peak years for players and uh, when's the best time to be investing. And I think we're all we're all sensitive to we recognize no one can uh, no one can run away from father time. And so we've got to think about how do we build the sustainable future. So while we're focused on 2018, certainly, you know, I have to keep my eye on 19, 20, 21 and beyond. And it makes it more challenging when you're thinking about uh, extensions through uh, later years of guys' careers uh, through through those years. But, you know, each situation is unique. And so I would say that we'll never rule anything out around that. We just, I think, as an industry, have become more thoughtful around those longer-term extensions. How weird have the past few months been to as far as as we're you know well into spring training here Derek and and there's still a lot of good players available how how have you dealt with a market that has seemed so soft and certainly presented opportunities that have not been there for teams in previous years it's, it's made a, it's certainly made for an interesting spring I'm typically uh, I would say most other people in, in our seats uh, are thinking almost exclusively internally during the early stages of camp you know, you're focused on your young players uh, the development of you know, some of the non-roster guys who might make those last spots uh, it's not as common to have a lot of conversations with agents around free agency or even other teams around trade during that time so uh, it certainly added a little bit to our plate or lengthened the time that we typically spend around free agent discussions. Uh, but, I, you know, my view of this is every challenge or obstacle, I view it as an opportunity. And, and for us, we thought that going into camp, this was a, a great chance to get a look at some of our guys and know that there might be unique opportunities that present to, to augment this club in this year and beyond uh, through spring training. And you know, to get Jake Odorizzi, to get Logan Morrison, and continue to be able to do work with full support of ownership, mm-hmm. we've been able to really impact not just this 2018 club, but be thoughtful about how it impacts the future as well. Do you see this as a one-time thing? I mean, has this just been the odd year, or are we on to something here now where, where guys are going to have to take deals earlier that might that might not be for as much as they expected because there's just been a shift here that's going to be, if not permanent, it's going to, be, it's going to certainly repeat itself possibly for a couple of years? You know, I think it's hard to say right now. I mean, as you guys know, I'm a sample size guy a bit. I think one off season doesn't represent, right. you know, quite enough of a sample size for us to make a judgment. But I, I will say that, uh, in terms of you know how we view teams, team building in the long term, we're always going to be thoughtful about being creative within free agent markets and trades and otherwise. So while I think there were some unique uh, situations at play this year, maybe around luxury tax for a couple of clubs and. Uh, the realities of the way the free agent market played out with certain players 
those things may persist moving forward, but I do think that uh, big you know, guys who have impact uh, will still end up getting you know, good contracts, good situations. I think I think all of these things will play out uh, naturally over time. Derek Falvia uh, is our guest here on Mackie and Judd uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. So I think where fans and media have started to catch up to front offices a little, and that we can bring up things like launch angle, and it's not a foreign concept anymore because it gets talked about uh, on on TV and on the internet. So. In regards to Logan Morrison, when he talks about increasing his launch angle and that led to a big breakout in home runs and he, and he winds up with almost 40 home runs, does that tell you that it's it's a repeatable thing? That like How sure are you guys that Logan Morrison just didn't have a pop-up season last year and goes back to being you know maybe more of a part-time guy? Was last year enough for you to say, oh yeah, that's, that's the new Logan Morrison going forward? That's a great question. I think the way I approach it is, uh, there are guys who have great years or down years, and and you look at it, and if you can answer um, in a responsible way, you know, through the course of evidence, you know, and evidence can be objective, and evidence can also be subjective, to really understand, you know, what changed and what allowed for that change to happen, and then ask that question that you just asked about: Is this sustainable moving forward? I think some in some years you see a guy perform really well, and you look at it and you go, well. There were some luck metrics here, and maybe he didn't quite make an adjustment to his game, and that may rebound or regress back to the mean a bit. But I think that, you know, in Logan's case in particular, he was very purposeful about his adjustment. You know, we knew about his workout routines of the offseason. We knew about the things he was trying to do going into that season and last year, and he, he did it. I mean, the evidence points to that. So we think, you know, it's far more likely to be sustainable if you can point to evidence that supports the change. Have you ever brought up the phrase regress to the mean to an old school baseball guy and gotten slapped before, Derek? <laughs> Not slapped. I would say uh, it's certainly, you know, it's something that we all talk about these days and, and, ex- and explain. We're all looking at um, you know, the realities around statistical element of the game and performance. I will tell you that a lot of our scouts are so passionate about learning and developing and growing that these are great conversations for us to have to blend the subjective and objective. Royce, he loves that, that, that term, Derek. He's all in. Regress to the mean, <laughs> culture. Just go go by Pat and just say, Pat, I, I want to g- give you a five important terms. Uh, hey, how, how much uh, do, should we read in or not uh, to the fact that uh, that Brian has not gotten a contract extension yet? And according to uh, him, that there have not been even talks of an extension. You know, I, I think that these, the, the way I look at it with all of our players, and, and Brian's not the only one, you know, who will be a uh, potential free agent at season's end. You know, we're certainly respectful of, of Joe and guys like Irvin, Eduardo Escobar, and others. The reality is that each player comes to an end of a contract. I mean, that's, that's just the reality of the way our game works. And we're very respectful and understanding of their position with respect to that. And we talk to their agents. We certainly have internal dialogue. Uh, that's no different in Brian's case, you know, as, as, as it is in the, in the other, uh, the other players' cases. So we keep those things, you know, internal just out of respect to the player and, and what we feel we owe them and, and, and the club. But, uh, we understand that, you know, these things are always challenging when you get to the end of a contract. I would say that we're not ruling anything out moving forward. Drew Brees is a free agent. Do the Twins have any interest? <laughs> how, how hard do you throw these days? Four people have asked us to ask you that on Twitter already during this interview. Uh, I don't know if it's, I mean, I think his fastball has probably decreased, but great, uh, great sports IQ and leadership for sure. No question. He's a culture guy from what I've heard and, uh, and a leadership guy. So we'll, we'll take him on board if he, he has interest on this side of the game. But my sense is he's going to be just fine in his current sport. Yeah. He's too old, though. That's the problem. He's almost <laughs> 40. It's too you know? old. It's too old, Derek. <laughs> hey, how much be- 
better do you uh, perceive this team being today as, as we talk versus when, when you arrived uh, at spring training? Well, you know, when we when we think about this offseason, we were we came off of a year where guys took a real nice step forward, and you know that was you know our guys internally the the returners knew there was unfinished business. Now we recognize that we had opportunities where we could upgrade our club, and and early on in the offseason, that pitching was the area of focus, whether it was bullpen or or starting, we were open to either, and focused a lot on the on the position on that side of things, bullpen early, and got some opportunities in starting late. But I, I think also to add. You know, a bat in the middle of the lineup like Logan Morrison, we feel we've advanced both um, both the offensive side and what we're doing in the bullpen and starting pitching. So I, I feel really good about where we are today. What is, last thing for you here, what is Byron Buxton's potential starting in 2018 as an overall player? Like we've seen it with the glove. We've seen it for half seasons with the bat. I mean, what, what can he be in your mind? Well, I think Byron, you know, he's shown us those glimpses. And I, I think I've, I've said before that while we all hope that a young player's career, when they get to the major leagues, to their, their final uh, peak is, is linear. And we recognize that it isn't always the case. And, you know, Byron's somebody who's gone through some ups and downs at the major league level. I think that makes him better. I think that makes him stronger. I think we see a lot more of what he was in the second half of the season uh, than what he was in the first half moving forward. He's confident. He feels good. We always, we all know what the defense is and how good of an athlete he is. And now it's an opportunity to mature and, and put all of that together. And as he reaches about the thousand pl- plate appearance threshold, as he's getting to just about now at the major league level, and we're really starting to understand who he is as a complete player. And, and he's a great person for us to have around this club. Well, call us right back if you do maybe finalize or reach an agreement with a starting pitcher. Maybe Portly Bearded has pitched in big games before. Nationally glass. You let us know. know. All right. I'll look forward to the opportunity to catch up with you guys on on, on any players moving forward. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, Thanks, Derek. Derek. Thanks, guys. Derek Falvey, Twins Chief Baseball Officer. So they haven't announced the Lance Lynn yeah. thing. It's just been reported. Yeah. And so he can't. So he's talk pro- about probably got to go in and what pass a physical or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's all BS. Maybe the report was wrong. I don't think it's wrong. <laughs> One year, twelve million bucks. It's a bargain. He should be very happy. Yes, uh, Lance Lynn, who, by the way, was one of the best relievers for the Cardinals in 2011 when they were, and then he became a starter. And we shall see. All right, we are now 15 minutes into the legal tampering yeah, period. I'm waiting for. News I haven't to start seen to break. any official news yet here, uh, uh-huh. Kirk Cousins related, but we can keep you guys posted. Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready or not. On 1500 ESPN. Thank you to uh, Derek Falvey for joining us via the Patriot Realty phone line, which is where all our guests are going to be joining us all week long here. 20 minutes into NFL tampering, nothing on Kirk Cousins yet. I'm assuming they've had a conversation in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. But nothing yet. He's probably sitting across the desk from him right now. Can I sign yet? No. Can well, I sign would, now? But no. that would be illegal. I don't think you can. I just. I that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the the tampering period. Probably you, you go from illegally tampering in the previous two weeks now to saying I just fly here. Yeah. Uh, Falvey couldn't talk about Lance Lynn, but we do know that he is going to wear 31 with the Twins. Who's reporting that? Phil Miller. Lance so Lynn. Where, where Lance Lynn will wear his <laughs> usual number 31 with the Twins. Coach Jeff Pickler, current number 31, will. Pickler, a new number, according to Phil Miller. Wow, get that one, huh? Pretty funny. So stuff. Lance Lynn has, so he, has he been about... spotted? I think I think I saw him throwing a bullpen. <laughs> Didn't someone? I love sports, but I swear to God, someone posted a photo from Fort Myers of Lance Lynn. <laughs> Throwing a bullpen session, unless it was photoshopped. I didn't see that. Or, or maybe you know what? He looks a little like Mike Pelfrey. Maybe somebody was joking when they sent that to me. But I thought Pelf was much 
skinnier, no? I don't know about thought, much I skinnier. Lin, He's taller for yeah. sure. So, I don't know. So we we know his jersey, but it still has not been announced officially yet. I I love pro sports. I love sports in general. Yeah, I suppose if the physical goes wrong, yeah, you no, know that's it. Yeah, but, but what's wrong? I mean, you can announce it, and then if the physical goes wrong, you can. I, I suppose maybe they don't want to throw the player under the bus and be like, "Oh, I guess we it never happened." It now his knee is all it never happened. Up. We never came close. No, <laughs> all the reports were wrong. Or maybe he hasn't officially signed because you don't want another on a different level. Yeah, a Josh McDaniel situation. But that's different because he put together an assistant coaching staff, yeah, and they all signed their contracts yeah, he was and hiring. left their previous teams. Yes, and their previous teams filled those spots. And then Josh McDaniel said, "Oh, I haven't signed yet." Right, psych. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the Patriots. I don't think Lance Lynn is going to be bringing on like an entourage of people signing with the Twins soon enough. Yes, it'll be official. One question I did have that remains relevant, and we're going to see this play out, is okay. Wh- if he wanted. A fifty, sixty, seventy million dollar contract over multiple years going into free agency, and his credentials, at least the back of the baseball card numbers, would would tell you that he warrants that. He's 30, 30 31 years old, uh, career ERA of like three thirty or three forty, strikeout per inning ish for his career. Like a, a lot of postseason credentials and Cardinals and great system. There's a lot of good things to to look at there. Why would he only get one year, twelve million dollars? Like that doesn't that doesn't seem to add up with Lance Lynn's resume, right? And so I did some digging on this over the weekend. So he, he, in short, he gave up a lot of home runs on a per inning basis last year, even more than the inflation across baseball. And he struck out fewer hitters than in any year previously. So if you're the Twins or other teams and you're trying to decide, this guy has one year under his belt post surgery, but he gave up a lot more home runs than usual. And his strikeout rate dipped enough to where we'd kind of raise an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. I think teams are just in that prove it mode. Do it for one more year, maybe get a little bit better, and then a three or four year contract is. And you know what? If the Twins are a launching pad for him to go play somewhere else, they could offer him the the one year qualifying offer yes. and get a draft pick back. And they lose their Which fourth he down. pick. Yes, so they get to keep their first three picks, mm-hmm. and they lose like the ninety fifth overall pick. So they didn't even. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have to lose a first round pick or a second round pick to take a flyer on this guy. I wonder now if so. So Mustakis and Lynn, in both their cases, turned down the qualifying offer. And Mustakis turned down three years, forty five million, apparently with I, the Angels in November. I wonder if this is going to cause a seismic shift in that. Lynn turned down. Lynn turned down uh, the offer from the Cardinals, which is why they're going to get the compensation yeah. seventeen point four million dollars. Okay. Unless you're Harper, if you are the if you're Lance Lynn next year, next November, and the Twins come along and say qualifying offer, I wonder if guys now are going to be like, okay, I'll take it, because you've got you've got a decent amount of of players now who lost a lot because they thought, oh, I'm going to turn down the qualifying offer, I'm going to get a four year deal, and it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, this could definitely change change the scope of the amount of guys who turned down that qualifying. So Mustakis offer. was offered. So Mustakis turned down one year, seventeen and a half. Yes, and then according Same to reports, Lynn, turned yes. down three years, forty five million, or his agent Scott Boris did right with the Angels back before or during the winter meetings, thinking, well, I mean, that's a nice offer, but you know, this is a guy who hits thirty bombs, he plays some good defense at third base, and he's in his prime. He's going to get more than a three year offer, and didn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's collusion. I mean, Derek Falvey who. You know, he isn't going to tell you a ton, but he opened, if you if you read between the lines of some of the things he was saying, he said, you guys have hit on 
the gap between where players and agents are and where teams are. If you're a 30- or 31-year-old player and you're looking for that big payday, you're, the only big payday you're going to get coming out of your six years of team control and before you go over the cliff, right? you want like five or six or seven years. But teams are finding out through their research and analytics and just from baseball history, you don't even have to be a sabermetrician to know this. Right? It doesn't take a rocket scientist. You don't want to pay a lot of money for a 36- or 37-year-old baseball player. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the gap is. Teams f- have dished out... So many of these Albert Pujols-like contracts, and even the lesser ones like C.J. Wilson was a bad contract with the Angels, they're not going to do it anymore. They'd rather, if if, if they're going to pay $20 million, it better be in pre-free agency years to maybe wipe out a exactly. couple of years of free agency. If, if you th- think about where the sport is going, it's going more in the direction of football in some ways, and it's going in the direction of what? Building your roster, essentially. With what? Young players. So so previously, if a guy was coming out of his third contract, he got paid. Now teams are like, nah, yeah, we're not going to do that. And and if you look at the teams that are building, what do they do? They go into the open market and occasionally bring in high priced guys, but it's not a lot. So so Lance Lynn, you can find those guys in lots of places. Now now if it's a premier player going in, into free agency. That could be different. But when you're talking about just this bin of players, I think teams are saying we're not go- we're not going to pay that guy that much when we would much rather go to our, let's say, 23-year-old kid who we really like and extend for five years. And, he- and here's another thing to note. So teams are no longer just kind of shooting in the dark and saying, oh, well, this guy's got... He had 15 wins last year as a pitcher, and so we're going to – we think that he can be a horse for our rotation. They're not just winging it and spitballing it. They have – just to take you behind the curtain here, teams have – and I've heard this from several different organizations and people who've worked in these front offices and organizations. They've got systems in place that they're never going un- to unveil these to the public, but they're basically like wins above replacement generators. And it combines scouting and eye test information with analytics and numbers and data. Mm -hmm. And they combine all these things into a database. And they can tell you, all right, how many wins above a minimum wage replaceable player? So think in Twins history, the Matt Tolbert type, the Alexi Casilla that you can just kind of call up and he's not going to move the needle, but he's a major leaguer and he's just a replaceable commodity. Um, um, Danny Santana type players, right? How many wins above Danny Santana is Jorge Polanco worth? And then if you take all the money in baseball that's spent on players, how much money do you pay for a win above replacement? Mm-hmm. And so teams break this down. And there's websites like Fangraphs that do their own model that try to simulate what teams are doing, and they put this stuff out there. So Lance Lynn was worth a win and a half above replacement level, which might not seem like a lot, but the best players in baseball are like six, seven, eight win players. You need to collect... You need to collect as many of these guys as you can within a 25-man roster that are above average or above replacement level and, and and put them in your rotation, your starting lineups. So the math will tell you that the average win above replacement is like 7 to $8 million. So if you're a one-and-a-half win above replacement player, that's like a 10 or $12 million value. Which is what Lance Lynn... Which is exactly yeah. what Lance Lynn yeah. made from the Twins. So it's so teams are no longer saying ah believe but twenty million dollars for Lance Lynn they're saying everything we know about him from a scouting standpoint and from a number standpoint says this is kind of who he is post surgery mm-hmm. now maybe there's room for him to go back to being the 
three and a half wins above and replacement pitcher than he was before the surgery. If he does, correct. Yes. So that's what teams are doing. It's not just oh, he went uh, eleven and eight and had a three forty I mean, ERA. They're not, they're not <laughs> checking out the Lance Lynn baseball card. He looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, these stats aren't too bad. There's some of that, but because obviously he deserves no, credit. No, I think for... the Angels, I, I, I think your pool hole, holes point is a good one. And I think when the Angels went bonkers for pool holes and for Hamilton and all those contracts, you had to look and say, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. You're you're paying either guys who have a suspect history in the case of Hamilton or in the case of pool holes. You looked at him and said, this guy's going to break down. Yeah, in the and midst so, of this contract, and so he's you know Albert Pujols I think is like a is like a one and a half maybe two in play, maybe even less than that. Let's say he's, so. Let's say he's one and a half. He's worth like twelve million dollars, making twenty five, yep. thirty. Yep. And there's no salary cap, so you can if you want you can go spend money on other players. But now you've got this albatross who takes up that much money over that many years that maybe prevents you from re-signing somebody. So, anyways, Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us? I've got a little more on the Twins off the uh, recent moves that have been made or that are soon to be made, according to Derek Falvey, not telling us Lance Lynn is done. And a little question related to the Odell Beckham Jr. video. Okay, Uh, that's next with Dave here. Let's talk first about your last chance this week. you got four days left between now and March 16th. To uh, win yourself a free listing side commission from the Chris Lindahl team, one lucky Mackie and Judd listener will win a free listing side commission. Now, what does that mean with uh, with the Chris Lindahl team? You get your house listed for free with all the bells and whistles, the complete marketing experience and marketing campaign that goes with it. You can enter one of two ways. Go to chrislindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, or 763-401-SOLD. And again, the deadline is March 16th, so this is your last chance to take advantage of it. And uh, the Chris Lindahl team is the number one REMAX results team in the country for a reason. You drive around town, you see all of his billboards. These guys understand marketing, social media. They understand traditional marketing and creating a competitive environment for your home. ChrisLindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, or 763-401-SOLD. It's Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. It'd be nice to see these two come together and uh, try to work something out here. Mackey and Judd. I mean, all we're getting is yelling from both, and it's the yelling and shouting doesn't accomplish anything. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Actually, hold on. Sorry, Dave. We're going to make you go from the questions desk. Just Could you oh, just hang on. Could you just run over to the NFL uh, free agency legal tampering desk? Yes. How long have front offices and and teams and agents and players been tampering for now? We have been tampering for now over 35 wow. minutes. 35 okay. and 22 seconds to be exact. 24 seconds oh to be my. exact. Wow. So, so much tampering. There's been a lot of tampering going on so right now. So much tampering. Now we don't know. Maybe the Vikings have already done all of their tampering and it's just a matter of you know scheduling that it's flight. Legal tampering. You think you're done tampering? Just saying. I don't know. I'm... Have you called A-Rodge yet? <laughs> League's going to turn him loose, you know. After Ted screwed up, yeah, he's going to be a free agent in hours. Play by the rules, how, Ted. How is that not more of a thing? That they put <laughs> him on injured reserve it's without just... an updated injury, yeah, and I know. by rule he should be released from his contract. Who knows? It's a very good question. I don't know why he didn't fight for, for a release there. Where's Rap Sheet to push that story? All right, let's do some questions. All right, let's do that. Uh, so once everybody's signed Lance Lynn, 
and everybody's healthy and back in the lineup rotation, Irvin Santana. The Twins rotation looks like it would be a mixture of Odorizzi, Lynn, Barrio, Santana, and likely Kyle Gibson mm-hmm. in the five spot. Two-part question. That is the best Twins starting rotation since blank. And I was looking at Odd Shark and Bovada odds to win the American League. As of February 20th, the Twins were 18-1, to 1, tied with the Mariners and behind four, uh, five or six other clubs. Given the moves that have been made since the 20th of February, Morrison, Lance Lynn, what should their odds be now? You said 20, well, whether, yeah, 18, 18 to 1 as of February 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, best starting rotation since Johan Santana left on paper. So probably since like the Johan Liriano 2006. Now they don't have any one individual pitcher as good as either Santana or Liriano before the Tommy John surgery. But they've had a lot. Like Scott Diamond was their number one starter f- for a couple of years. I remember it well. I went to a bunch of games. That was Blackburn really exciting. Blackburn and Slowey yep. and DeVries and all these guys are oh, just. So many sinkers, so much pitching to contact. Yes. So it's the best starting rotation in 10 years for the Twins on paper. We shall see. And um, 18 to 1. So they're going to win the World Series, you know, once in a while. Um, I don't think Lance Lynn. How much? So it was February, so they've signed Lomo and Lance Lynn since then. Correct. Um, I don't think it moves the needle a lot. I think it solidifies your depth. So I'll say like it's like sixteen to one. It doesn't. It doesn't move. It's not going to move the needle from eighteen to one to ten to one. Mm-hmm. But like sixteen to one prevents you from having to go too deep into the the inexperienced bag of starting pitchers. I, I wrote down fifteen to one. So I, I think we're on the same page there. And um, yeah. So this would have to be. So if we were to pick a season that, that this is the best rotation since for the Twins. 07-ish? I mean, that was 08? like Scott Baker's rookie season, and Scott Baker what, was underrated. What was Santana's last season here? 07. Okay, so yeah, 07. It's, uh, it, it might lack an ace, but it doesn't lack competence. And far too often, there have been pitching staffs paraded out to the mound at Target Field that lacked competence. Yeah, and you can still trade for an ace, because sure. Chris Archer is still going to be well, out Barrios there. Well, could turn into one. He could. He has the... <laughs> Definitely has the potential. When's even the last season you went into it thinking, <laughs> hey, about one of these guys, I hope they're just not awful. I oh. hope they're adequate. That's pretty much how you felt about, well, okay, just to take that question, in the last 10 years, how many individual starting pitchers have you felt really good about going into the year? Like, yeah, you're not going to have to worry about that guy, and that guy could pitch in a playoff rotation on a big stage. In the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Irvin Santana, and then he didn't. Yep. <laughs> he, got no, he, was, he was hurt. He yeah. now said he was hurt. Um, Carl Pavano, maybe? But he was just, he was a league average to slightly above yeah, league average guy a, who ate a lot of innings. He was reliable in that sense. Yeah, it's been forever. It's a bummer we won't get a lot of four-hour, uh, five-inning performances from Adalberto, apparently, this year. Oh, thank Wait for God. it. He'll, he'll get Darn in there. Shame. He'll get in there. Oh, he d- don't take so long. All right. Uh, question number two. Today is National Napping Day. I assume because yesterday we had to bump the clocks ahead for a daylight saving time. People we lose tired. an hour of sleep. Yeah. Uh, I feel like yesterday... It's it's dumped on a little bit too harshly. Judd's already ripped it, losing the hour of sleep. I Yesterday the is sleep. the most underrated day of the year because it gets us back into daylight saving time. We get the extra hour in the evening. Mm. 
in my opinion, standard time sucks. It's a bunch of bull crap. Get rid of it. Let's just have saving time. But, yeah, you were gonna, but, but like you were going to get some extra sunlight anyways. Maybe not till 10 o'clock. I don't care. I'm done with... But Dave's right. Let's pick darkness one. Darkness at 4.30 in pick December one? is crap. Can we just pick one? And it wasn't just it, stick with it one. Was, it was when like farming was much more prevalent throughout the entire world, too, right? Yeah. It's, it, and you got lights yeah. now. And it's, there's still... I mean, not to say that there's not farming, but... Get some lights, huh? Yeah, get some lights. Exactly. Turn a couple the lights, lights on. Yeah, up. get the big stadium lights if if you have a farm. I'm Yesterday, most underrated day of the year. I want to know from you guys, <laughs> sports-wise or yeah. just whatever, real real life, what is the most underrated day of the year? Underrated day. I'll probably pick a sports day. Of course you will. It used to be it used to be opening day in baseball because that used to be great until baseball screwed that day up. I would say the most underrated day now is actually even though I'm not Mr. College Basketball, I would say it's coming up this week. I would say it's Thursday. Thursday is that an underrated day? Though? Thursday the tournament starts. I think I almost think that's like the most yeah. coveted sports day of the year. Men get vasectomies just so they can right. sit on the couch for all. I'm four just saying. They buy bags, I'm frozen saying, bags. It's, an enjo- <laughs> it's a day that I embrace now. Spirit of the question, I think, is like, what's the mo- that's that would be the answer for what's the best sports day of the mm-hmm. year? Yeah, I'm going to give you an underrated sports day. Love it. All right, do better than Judd. Master Sunday. Oh. Where Jim Nance says hello to all of his friends. It's not underrated then. And baseball season's in full swing. Not widely wait, regarded as wait, the most popular sports day. We both, day. if I screwed up, he screwed it up just as bad. Master Sunday is a now, huge friends, day. friends, friends. Dave. If you, had, if you had said like Master's Par 3 tournament day, if you really <laughs> okay, let's start dig again. on the kids <laughs> being caddies. All right, that's a fair point. That's a those are terrible. Let's answers. start again. Uh, all right. The, the Masters honorary tee shots from How is you Fossils. goofed it up as bad as I did. All right. I'm and resetting. Jack Nicholas up. <laughs> wheel him out. I'm coming back to and the he question. He has a 43 yard tee shot that everyone claps for. That's a pull Phil's mic down. So, yes, please. All right. Boxing day. Great drinking day. Great drinking day. And if you enjoy soccer, a full slate of EPL games. Boxing day is an underrated day. It's the day after Christmas, thank God. By the time Christmas comes, you're so sick of Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Thanksgiving's great because it's the start of, of the, the season, and I enjoy the holiday festivities. By Christmas, I'm done, though. Boxing Day. Christmas isn't coming for another year. It's a great drinking day. You can sit on the couch and watch World Junior Hockey, which I love, oh my God. and soccer. That, But that is an underrated day. That is underrated, right? I can that give qualifies. you that. Absolutely. Okay. I goofed up the first time. That's my new answer. Moving day at the Masters. <laughs> Anybody? Hello, friends. Taggart? Anything that involves Jim Nance <laughs> is overrated. Does Jim Nance give his tie to the winner of the Masters, too? Is that, is that just the NCAA I feel like tournament? Jim Nance is really an odd duck. Hello, Rory. I'd like to present you with my unwashed boxer briefs, which I put on for the Par 3 tournament I back on know, Wednesday. I want to know why Joe Buck... Does not like Jim Nance and vice versa. That was that's the yeah. story I want that you were talking about last he, week. So Joe Buck was on Pardon My Take, the podcast of a week ago, I think it was. Yeah. And they asked him, I'm paraphrasing this, but they they were asking him, hey, this is kind of your offseason, right? You know, you're more of a baseball football guy, and now this is March Madness. Do you ever get a little bit jealous that the Jim Nances of the world are making their hay now and you gotta sit off to the side? And he said, No, I no, I'm not really uh, into basketball and you know, uh 
Jim Nance, let's just say when he says hello, friends, he's not referring to me. I want to know that backstory. And they said, wait, what? You're not <laughs> you're not tight with Jim Nance? And he said, nope, we're what? not friends. Hello, but he didn't friends. really elaborate on it. Anyway, Boxing Day for me. All right. Sorry, Dave, I goofed up the first time. Thank you. Although this Thursday, vastly underrated. We're going to have to tell people that I this Thursday is a big day <laughs> Listen, for Listen, Master Sunday, <laughs> Master Sunday, a day that every man spends on the couch. Mackie and Judd are back. Stand to your duty. On 1500 ESPN. Join Reavers and 1500 ESPN at the Corner Bar in Minneapolis tomorrow, Tuesday the 13th from 8 to 10 p.m. for the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament viewing party. There will be basket pong, prizes galore, some bracketology perhaps, and fantastic beer specials. Come on out, watch the field unfold. It's all sponsored by Dos Equis. More details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. All right, we've got third question coming up here, two segments of questions. Uh, Jeff chimes in on Twitter, most underrated day, Super Bowl recovery Monday. Why is this not a real holiday? I think if it was a real holiday, then it would be amazing. But it just kind of feels depressing that now football season's over. And for, for this part of the country, you've got two more months of winter left and football's done. Yeah, stayed I'm not up sure. late and you got to be at work early and drank too much probably. Yeah. yeah, you got wings just rotting in your gut. Sort of a de- yeah. depressing day. Yeah, I agree. I I don't no, know. No, I don't know what would be underrated and exciting about the day after the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, Jeff teach their own. Dave, what kind of <laughs> kind of third question you got for us? Well, as you know, we like to save the hardest hitting stuff for last. No deviation here. The controversial Odell Beckham Jr. video. He and uh, an aspiring French model in bed, lines of a powdery substance uh, seen in that video, the sort of cigarette or maybe blunt thing uh, that Odell's got. And then, of course, there's the pepperoni pizza that are all sitting on top of the bed together. So that asks, uh, begs this question. Now, humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. You know me, I focus on the pizza. Top three foods to eat in bed. So, uh, with or without a a person with you, right? It can just be any... any... Yeah, I'd say you can go either way. Like, for instance, a, a couple weekends ago when I was out of town, the gal and I, we were a little hungry going back to the hotel room, so maybe we grabbed an order of fried chicken with jambalaya wow. and a biscuit. I'm not going to say wow. we did or didn't and then ate that literally wow. sitting on top of the bed, greasy fingers and all. I'm not going to say that happened. Wow. But it may have. That is romantic right oh, there. so good. <laughs> um, I would say, uh, so all right. Baby. <laughs> That's it's amazing. <laughs> Number three. There's a breast joke in there. And a thigh joke. Yes, there is. Yep. There's a few in there. Legs, whatever you want. You know, I would say you got to be careful on the crumbs. You don't want, the, the last thing you want is to, you, you crash for the night, you wake up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden now, like, your legs are rolling around in crumbs or, so you got to be careful with that, which is, so for me, number three is cookies, only if they're soft. So it's sure. got it can't be like the crumbling cookie where you're for sure gonna have a major crumb situation. It's gotta be the soft cookies that like the chewy chips out. ahoy. Yep, exactly. Or oatmeal raisin is usually a pretty pretty safe one to mm-hmm. uh to eat in bed if you want to. Number two. Uh number two, chips and not salsa, because salsa gets a little too runny, Ooh. too much risk if there's white sheets involved. But chips 
and guacamole. Oh, that's a power move right there. And, but the chips Smart have to what be... What happens if the, yeah, the chips can... Small chips that you can oh, put in one, in one bite. I feel like that's a big risk. You get the small round ones. Those yes. Tostitos, yep, yep, exactly. And then, and then there's no risk of salsa... No risk of crumbs because you're just putting it all in in one number one boatload. And number one, I I'm with Odell Beckham Jr. The pizza box for support. Maybe put a towel underneath just to make sure there's no grease or drippage. But if you got a big enough pizza box, you can hover over it. Pizza in bed, wildly underrated. I'm with Odell. Now I'm not sure about the white powdery substance and the credit card. Yeah, if you really need to spice up your night, but that's what I would say. So just to be clear, Dave Harrigan, are we talking about on top of the sheets or are we in the bed with the sheets pulled up a little bit as we're eating? Oh, this is your fantasy. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Hit it. One, two. Number three. I'm going to go with Phil's number one and clearly Beckham's choice as well, but I'm going to put pizza at number three. I think pizza... Now, thin crust is a little bit more, uh, you know, the, the crust like you crumbly. Said, yeah, and, it can get dicey, but too. But you can pop so those, you need the box. squares, you can eat them all in one bite. you got to have the box there, too. But pizza is number three. You get the greasy fingers, number though, with the two. squares. I'm if you gonna, got triangles, you can hold crust. You're not yeah, as greasy. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit off the charts here and go with ice cream at number two. Good bowl of ice cream. Because you got to work to spill it. You can spill it. Well, but, if, it depends on how fast or slow you eat it, yeah, too. But if you got a bowl of ice cream, you're in pretty good shape. I think ice cream in bed, delicious right before. Number one. Interesting, because we know what ice cream does to your gut. <laughs> this is true. Number one. Judd Dutch Oven Zolgad. <laughs> number one with a bullet for me is the staple of breakfast in bed, eggs. Now, I prefer this served with toast on a tray. So I've got the tray there on my lap. Breakfast in bed, though. And and I prefer, in this case, I'm going to go scrambled eggs. But number one to me is breakfast in bed, scrambled eggs, piece of toast. See, I've never understood. The, the tray thing is awkward to me. Are you supposed put to put... lap. But and then and then sit up. Yeah, p- sit up. And a then like bit. lean over. But then if if you move your leg and something spills, that seems very risky. Oh, it's all risky. <laughs> it's all risky. But I'm saying my number one eggs with toast in bed, delicacy right there. Perhaps an omelet, scrambled eggs, some cheese in it. Yeah, that's too much. Like, yeah. You just can't have the runny egg. I mean, no, right, 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 right. As long as everything's solid, it's got to be. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the I'm with Phil. The tray is no good. You go nightstand all the way. Even then, just get up and go to the table. Just <laughs> like, do I need to eat if it's a full Teach breakfast? I don't need to be you in bed. You rank still. them. My rankings. My rankings. My tray. You don't have to use the tray. Well, I'm not going to use the tray. I'm you guys use don't the use the tray. I'm going to pick you up the plate. Don't as use I the tray. Get, as I, I got go. my tray. That's great. You can have the drink off to the side. That's a big mess. You're right. The tray. The, says oh, oh, that leg. oh, the drink cannot be on the tray. That'd be a big mistake. On the tray. stand for the eggs. I think this conversation has long since jumped the shark. <laughs> Let's go to the NFL tampering update desk. Dave Harrigan, how long have NFL teams, players, and agents been tampering with each other? This is unbelievable. I never thought it could last this long. We are nearing one hour, one full hour of tampering. We have passed the 55-minute mark, boys. This is a wild tampering period so far. Wow. Uh, There's been a bunch of news coming out here, but nothing directly involving... The Vikings are Kirk Cousins. Correct. It's a little too quiet the first hour of tampering. It could change. Have they talked yet? Have they been texting? Have they Well, you know what? They probably conversation. We don't know. They probably have the deal all worked out and therefore have said 
Let's, let's not make it low. obvious. Let's lay low for a while. If we come out at 11.01 a.m. and announce this, it's going to look bad. So I think that this is probably a, let's wait till 3.30 on Tuesday. The biggest news to come out today so far during the tampering period is a photo of Tom Brady's injured hand from Super Bowl week. You guys oh, wanna, is that? I saw. Do you guys want to see what this looks like? It's I like saw it's it. a deep gash across sort of the bridge of his thumb. Did he? Can you just describe what this looks like to the audience. Oh, I, it's disgusting. Yes. So, did he supposedly get that from hitting a teammate's helmet in practice? There's no way that, that happens be, from you, hitting a teammate's helmet. That looks like a knife wound. That might be Giselle and him getting into a fight and a knife being involved. That looks <laughs> like what that is. That's a deep slice. That looks like a definite knife. That's aggressive. So we know we've Ooh. seen we've seen a an image of Tom Brady's injured hand, that but so gross. far no Kirk Cousins and no Drew Brees news. But uh, we'll keep you posted. Mackie Judd plus the OJ Simpson thing last night. We got to talk about that. And and Charlie Turner making a change that wasn't necessary. Yeah, and Charlie. So uh, Mackie and Judd in the TCL broadcast studio.